Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the World Football Index Scouting Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. Very excited about this show, Tom. We're going to be breaking down He's Charlison, the Brazilian attacker who has just been signed for Watford. First time that you and I have had a chance to do one of these podcasts and actually know where these players are going. So we'll at least not have to ask some of our usual questions as to where they might fit, but how they actually will fit in the club that they've been bought by. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was a, a player that you know, we actually were just lining up to talk about before his, his move. And we, we were kind of thinking, OK, yeah, maybe there's a few other clubs. So when when the move to Watford came along, I think it caught us both by surprise. But um, yeah, like like you said, we can actually sort of talk with a bit more certainty about where his future and how he's going to fit in. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, and it was an interesting move because, as you said, when you and I were plotting out this pod, it looked like Watford might be in for him, but also Ajax had been a team that were really heavily linked. And at one point, it looked as though Ajax would finish it. And then it seemed like Watford kind of came in last minute and made a, an offer to Fluminense that ended up having more money in it. So Flu took that. So it's an interesting one. And we'll get into the actual transfer itself in a bit. But let's talk a bit about Hicharlison as a player. A 20-year-old attacker from Brazil. But he has played a lot of matches for a 20-year-old. He's made over 80 first-team appearances in Brazil. One year in the second division with América Mineiro of Belo Horizonte. And then two years in the first... Well, just short of two years in the first division for Fluminense, one of the big sides in Rio de Janeiro. A Brazilian under-20 international as well. Tom, this is one of the youth players that, despite his age, he's got a lot of experience. And that's probably going to help him in the future with this move. We were kind of looking at him before the Sudamericano as one of the Brazilian players with the most experience in the, in the league. And, you know, certainly if he's, you know, almost coming up to 100 games under his belt for club and country, then, you know, that's something that a lot of young players don't get the chance to experience. So you think that this will hold him in good stead for, for his move. And, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been generally very impressed with sort of what a modern kind of forward he is really because it took me a while to actually even work out what his stronger foot was because he's he can go either way he's he's very strong shooting off right or left and he's got those quick dribbling skills and he's very fast and he can he just seems to pop up in the right places at the right time so those uh experiences in the brasileiro and for the brazilian under 20s are going to be i think invaluable as to as to whether he makes it, you know, he's 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 had to cut come up a lot against a lot of big challenges so far in his career, and I think that will hold him in good stead. I think I like the term that you use to describe him as modern because he does feel like one of those modern forwards that are there really are a lot of in Brazil. I think of you know Gabriel Jesus, Gabi Gol, these type of players who can play as, as a kind of traditional nine, but can also slot out on the wings when needed and can really go anywhere on the pitch and, and do a job. And I think that is part of what makes him so valuable is he doesn't have to be shoehorned into one particular spot on the pitch. But if there's a need for your club on the wing, whether that be right or left, he can go there and he can fill that role rather admirably. Where do you think, despite all of that, he plays strongest from what you've seen of him with Brazil and with Fluminense? From what I've seen, I think definitely that left forward role in a front three seems to suit him best. You know, he's supposedly 
right-footed is his natural foot, so he can kind of cut in off the um, off the left onto his right foot and and fire a shot in. Yeah, he's got that trickery that can see him, you know, use that in sort of unpredictable nature of which way he's going to go to take on a fullback and you know take him to the byline and and pull it back. I I do think that it's a position that he's he's still learning the ropes for because you know he's his passing and crossing and you know that final decision making when he's out wide is something that I think is you know the biggest area of improvement for him but he's he's got a real knack of just cropping up that's something that I really um took from watching him in the Sudamericana he was that he was that guy who in a pretty poor Brazilian campaign always seemed to be the main threat yeah I think he got two goals but he he often went close and he he seemed the mo- most consistent threat for a pretty dysfunctional Brazilian side. Like you said, it's he, he's versatile. He can play up front, but I don't think he's quite got the the experience and and maybe physicality to quite lead the line just yet. Especially when Watford have players like you know Troy Deeney and Okaka. I think um, I think he'll be best suited where he's got a little less responsibility and he can kind of use the space he's got out on on the left to to sort of torment opposition defenders and I, I think that's where we'll probably see him play for for Marco Silva's Watford and you mentioned that kind of ability to to pop up in situations and in his second to last game for Fluminense he did that in a match against Cruzeiro in the Brazil lay down he won a, he made a run along the back line and kind of split the defenders for Cruzeiro. A good ball got through to him. He went into the box and he was taken down for a penalty. And then he went on and converted that penalty. And that kind of saved a 1-1 draw for Fluminense in a campaign that is, has been lackluster for this side. He is certainly, along with their striker, Nuike Durado, been kind of the, the bright point. And he's shown that maybe he's best played along one of those tradi- uh, alongside one of those traditional nines like you said because Enrique Dorado is one of the best goal scorers in Brazil right now he's got 9 goals so far this year and so Fluminense put Enrique Dorado up top and then he Charleston off to the left and i think you and i are both in agreement that that's probably where we'll see him for Watford maybe not ready to lead the line himself yet but can play along a more traditional physical striker and can team up fairly well and, and make incisive runs along the back line and, and use his pace and quickness to get into areas and make life hard for the opposing defense. Yeah, to- totally agree. Um, and I think another thing that that's jumped out from, from when I've been watching him is that he seems to be a, a pretty big game player, right? You know, uh, he's, I think he's got scored in three Classicos this year. His, his first goal for Fluminense came against Flamengo. He scored on his debut for America Mineiro. So yeah, I, I was just wondering, like over in Brazil, what's the kind of general consensus of him? Do they think it's time for him to move on? That he's, you know, or you know, where do they rate him in the upcoming Brazilian attacking talents? Yeah, I don't think he would be considered in the top tier necessarily, alongside a player like Luan, who you and I have talked about. But I think he is one of the better young players in Brazil and certainly one of the better young attackers. And I think what this move represented for Fluminense was it was a chance for them to sell one player so that they could hang on to two or three others. A player that you and I did a spotlight profile on in Wendell now is probably secure at Fluminense for another six to 18 months because of this sale and the value that it brings in to Fluminense. I think they got good money for him, uh, 12.5 million euros. 
that's a, a very good, even if Fluminense are only taking 50% of that, that's a good amount of cash for the club and will allow them to kind of spread that around to the rest of the guys who are still there. So I think he's a player that is ready for a move like this. Obviously, he's not ready to go into a top-tier squad in Europe, but for a, a club that have gotten better over the recent years in the Premier League, in Watford, I think this is a, it's an intriguing move, certainly, and it's the right type of level he should be shooting for. That said, as we get into the move specifically a little bit more, I think you and I, Tom, were both surprised that it was, in fact, Watford where he ended up moving, especially given that Ajax were linked with Hicharlison. Ajax had already bought Davigineris from Sao Paulo. It seemed like that may have been a better fit, but I don't know if it ended up being up to Hicharlison. It was more so this was the better move for Fluminense. And that could be maybe the biggest question mark for me in this move. Yeah, as as we've mentioned, that, that move has left a few people scratching their heads a little bit because... While he was also being linked with uh, teams like Chelsea, I think maybe he wasn't ready for a top club in England or Spain, but he, you would have definitely seen him being ready for a, a top club like Ajax um, or maybe in a league like Portugal or France where there's a bit more emphasis on trusting youth and allowing them to develop. And yeah, Neres is, is a good example because he's he's also pretty raw. Um, he's got you know that that flying pace, but he seems to have had a great start over to his life in in Amsterdam. So I was thinking, yeah, Ajax seems like a, a great move for for both parties really. Because one thing about Rich Allison is I think there is still quite a lot of room for him to improve further. I don't think he's far off being ready for a lot of first teams, but I think in in a very good way. He's got um, a ceiling that that is he's not he's not that close to that ceiling yet. There's there's potential for him to kick on a lot. So Watford seemed like um, a strange move in so much as they're a kind of they're quite hard to pin down these days. They've they've changed manager quite regularly almost every season for a few years now, and a lot of players are coming in. There doesn't seem to be a discernible style to their, their play. So that that was my main worry. I kind of thought, oh, where's he? Where's he really going to fit in? I think they are lacking forwards in general. They've got a few few big target men like like Deeney and and Isaac's success has looked all right in preseason. Um, obviously, since Niang has left, there's, there's another space open for one of these wide forwards, and and maybe he's he's that replacement. One other aspect that's worth considering is is the new manager Marco Silva, who did, who did great at Hull. He looks like he's a tactically astute young man who can who can get the best out of young players so maybe there is actually a bit more sense to this move than than purely uh fluminense just taking taking the bid from the highest offer you know the pozzo family have also had great success in developing south american talent they've already picked up the likes of peñaranda uh, juan camilo hernandez who we also did a spotlight pod on so i think they're looking at that market and seeing even if it's just for a financial benefit that it's it's something that they they they've done well before and they they're looking to do it again at first when i f- first saw it i i just messaged you and it was like that's just weird <laughs> like i did not see that coming but then the more i've kind of looked into it and thought about it it might actually be it might actually be an all right move 
I think as far as Brazilians and young Brazilians are concerned with the Premier League, you know, we've seen a spotty record for players. Obviously, Gabriel Jesus came over and did better than I think anyone could have expected. Even myself, the biggest Palmeiras fan there is, the biggest Gabriel Jesus supporter there is. I never expected him to be as successful as he was last year right off the bat for Man City. But if you were to pick a club for a young Brazilian I think Watford outside of Liverpool might be the one that you would pick, at least this iteration of Watford. They have a Brazilian goalkeeper, so he's not completely alone. And their manager being from Portugal, obviously will speak the language of Portuguese. Obviously, there's some differences there between Portugal and Brazilian. But I think that will help the communication right off for Richarlison. And I think that will take away one barrier that I think we've seen a lot of young Brazilians struggle with. So... It is a move that surprised me. It's one that kind of came out of left field for me, if you will. I wasn't expecting it. I thought he was done and dusted to Ajax, and then Watford kind of came in at the last moment. But as you said, the more that I've looked at it, I still have my questions. But it seems like he fits a need for the squad, which is important. That'll mean he'll get game time. And it seems like there is a bit of an infrastructure in place that will make the transition for him a bit easier. The biggest question, Tom, and this is one you and I have had about a couple of Brazilian players and South American players linked to Europe, is the work permit. We know that the English work permit rules can be a bit tough for players to navigate. What have you made of Richarlison and his chances to get a work permit to go straight into the Watford squad? Or could there be a need for him to be loaned out for a year while he works that out? Well, the work permit situation is is one that's kind of got more complex over the last few years. And and I think certainly with the Peñaranda question at, at Watford, you know, this guy who, who looks like he's ready to play but hasn't been getting that work permit, a lot of Watford fans are thinking, well, if he's not getting it, then surely Richarlison's not going to be getting it either. But I know that, you know, previously, I, th- I believe it was you needed about 75% of senior games for the national team over a period of two years. I think that's changed now. So it get the waters get a bit muddier here. And I think a lot of the eligibility is based on your team's FIFA ranking. So if you're one of the top 10 FIFA ranked sides, which I'm pretty sure Brazil are, that figure comes down to about 30%. Again, I, I, the, the area where I'm not so sure about is if that applies to kind of senior games or if, you know, Richarlison's played 10 times for the under 20s whether that would uh, be sufficient to kind of allow him to get that work permit. I also know that that sort of two-year spread that you, that you needed before, if the, if you're under 21, that's now reduced to one year. So that, again, might play in his favor. And then even if he gets the initial one uh, rejected, then there's always an appeal system. I think it's points-based, and I think all kinds of things like transfer fee, the you know wages compared to the rest of the squad – how much he's played for a previous top flight club can all come into it. And, you know, I I could see him picking up enough points there, even if it does go to appeal, to maybe just about sneak a work permit where someone like Peñuranda, who obviously Venezuela, uh, much lower ranked in FIFA, and the fact that he's barely played for um, a top, uh, top tier football club in the last couple of years has probably gone against him, even though you'd argue that they were sort of similarly talented and, and both at kind of similar stages of the career, you know, obviously Venezuela did much better than Brazil in the recent under twenties. But again, I don't, I don't think their performance there will have as much uh, weight as how the national senior national teams have done. So I know that Tim Vickery uh, mentioned the other day that he he's, he doubts that Richardson's going to get 
a work permit. But I think there's I think there's a, a ray of light there. And and worst comes to worst, you'd imagine the Pozos would want to try and use him over in Udinese rather than loan him out as they have done with Juan Camilo Hernandez. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. It could be a saga that rumbles on for a little time, and we might not see him ready for the start of the Premier League season. But I think there's it's not done and dusted, basically, shall we say. It'll certainly be something to keep an eye on. And, and with all of those complicated permutations as far as the work permit, I think it is one that looks like it will go to that appeal process. And then who really knows what will happen from there. But if it does turn out that he does get that work permit, let's operate under that assumption here for a minute. This is a move where it looks like Richarlison is going to get game time. And talking with Watford fans and in talking with what supporters thought that their club needed. It was a player in this mold, kind of a pacey forward player who could play alongside of a target striker. And Tom, as we've already pointed out, that seems to be where he Charlison does best. So with that in mind, if he can get that work permit, and obviously we know that's a big if, I think there's a chance that he could come in and could maybe not start right away for this squad, but could certainly get game time and certainly be a squad player for Watford. Yeah, I don't see why not really. I was, I mentioned this, um, I spoke to the, Hertfordshire Mercury the other day about this and that was kind of my um, guess of where he'd fit in you know that he'd be part of that first team squad but maybe not a starter I think there's you know you can look at other Brazilians especially Kennedy is another Brazilian came from Fluminense went to Chelsea I think even was loaned to Watford as well who looked physically prepared for it but I think Richarlison has a bit more about him I think he's a bit more switched on I think there's a, something clever about his game. I think he's got a good mentality and he's hardworking. We'll see him, you know, fit in a lot better and, and hopefully take his chance. So I'm not expecting him to have a Gabriel Jesus kind of impact. But if he can hit the ground running and put in some decent performances early on, then I think, you know, we, we could see him a little bit more. You know, he's going to have the opportunities. He's not going to have as much pressure on him. So I think there's a space in that squad for him. So yeah, it's he could be a revelation, but he could also, you know, play seven times and we'll never see him again. Uh, I think that there's a player there, and I just kind of hope he does get that that chance. I think one thing that he has going for him is all of that experience that we've talked about. You know, this is a player that, as an 18-year-old, was pegged as one of the best young talents in Brazil's second division, and that's a league that is very difficult to play in. It can be, you know, start and stop football. It's not necessarily smooth. But for his one year with America Mineiro, scored nine goals, one of the best players in the second division in Brazil, that earned him the move to the bigger club in Fluminense. So this is a player who has a lot of experiences under his belt. And I think being able to look back at, as you said, playing so well in the Clásicos in Rio against Flamengo, against Botafogo, against Vasco, and for America in the second division, I think, as you said, there's a bit more to him and he comes into this maybe a bit better than some of the other players we've seen, you know, in Kennedy and in Jerson, who moved to Italy from Fluminense and really struggled. And in, and even Gabby Gol, who moved from Santos to Italy and struggled. I think there's a bit more reason to believe that Charleston is a bit more ready for this than maybe some of those other players were. Final question here for you, Tom. In talking about Charleston, what do you think kind of his his ceiling is or maybe a best case scenario if he's allowed to develop well what type of player do you think he could turn into the name that kind of popped up for me was Roberto Firmino at Liverpool a player who we've seen kind of on the fringes of the Brazilian national team you know he'll get a call up here he'll get some matches here and then miss a call up 
not ever necessarily going to be a player of a Gabriel Jesus or Neymar caliber, but certainly a very, very talented Brazilian player. I think that's not a bad shout for where he, Charleston, could end up being if everything ends up going right for him. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that before, but now you, now you say it, I think that's quite a quite a fair comment, really. I, th- I think that he's not going to be a world beater who's going to you know, go for a world record sums or anything like that. But he certainly, if if he continues developing, and, and as I've said, I think there's there's room for that. Um, I think that he could, by his time, get used to the league and then maybe find a club that fits him right. And if everything clicks into place, he's got the talent to, to start knocking on the national team door. I think currently that's a long way off. And as we said, Watford may not be the best place for him to go. He's got a chance of a first experience of European football. There's there's you know plenty of plenty of years ahead of him. He's still only twenty. Yeah, I, th- I think he could be a, maybe a slow burner, but one that we're going to see a lot of over the next uh, next few years. And I think he's also one that we could see Watford end up taking that twelve and a half million euros that they paid for him and getting to turn that into a bit more money down the road when given some time. To develop, So he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, and if things do go right at Watford, it'll certainly be interesting to watch. That'll close out this edition of the World Football Index Scouting Spotlight. Be sure to follow us on Twitter for all of the latest and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to keep up with everything that we're putting out for you. As for now, all that's left for me to say is goodbye and thanks for listening. 